0: Welcome everyone to Tamrelic Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamrail I am your host, Eric, a.k.a. Sulior, and I apologize for the little bit of a delay on this episode. I have had a lot going on lately. Um, if you listen to the most recent episode of Tapes from Wastes, you will have heard about a lot of what has been going on with me lately, and I'll get into it here. Um... At least most of it. Um, I mean, there are some things that aren't really relevant. So, but yeah, I'll... I'll so I may not go into quite the detail that I did in uh, Tapes from the latest, but I will kind of give you guys an overview. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. Um, also, have a little bit of an announcement that I'm going to make uh, toward the end of this episode. But, um, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get into it. So... Um, some of it's going to be gameplay, some of it's going to be otherwise. Um, first off, I was at the uh, most recent uh, Comic-Con here in Des Moines. Um, I guess it's not the most recent now, there's awesome con going on right now. But um, yeah, Comic-Con was in town uh, a couple weeks ago, and I worked as a volunteer. And, you know, I've talked about how I have been involved with Fall Out for Hope, um, streaming a lot for that, and uh, the kickoff for that was a video call through Discord with Wes Johnson and some other uh, voice actors like Mike Rosen and uh, Craig Seckler, who had a lot of trouble trying to figure out how to get uh, technology to work. But, yeah, we all got to uh, chat with him and um, just kind of share our experiences. He shared his experience with Alzheimer's with us. Um, not his... Uh, he, he doesn't have it, but he's lost some family members to it. Um, so that was really cool. And I told him that I was going to be there, and he wanted to see what I looked like. But I, I'm sure he forgot before then, but... You know, leading up to it, he had been tweeting about it and I had been commenting and tweeting about it myself. And he actually went into my profile and looked at some of my pictures, uh, before that. I actually, uh, my, you know, we took a, a trip to Indy to see some family members and I posted pictures of that. So he happened to see one of the pictures that I posted of uh, myself and my mom and a couple of my sisters, um, and their dog. Um And he liked that, so I knew he was looking for me. So I worked with uh, registration, so I was helping people get in and get tickets. So I was standing at the door uh, waiting for the queue to let people in, and Wes was walking by, and I got his attention. And he came over and gave me a hug, and uh, well, I'm knocking shit down. Um, he took a picture with me and told me to come back to his booth later on, so um, I, did, <laughs> I did get a bit of a break, so I was kind of walking around checking the place out. This was the first comic con I'd ever even attended, let alone uh, volunteered for. So it was, I was just soaking everything in. And um, you know I got to meet several other uh, people. I met the F and Birds guy, if you know them from um, social media. Um I met um Rafael Sabarge, who is Cadenalenko and you know, from Mass Effect and Carla Nassi from Knights of the Old Republic. He also uh was in Jiminy Cricket from Once Upon a Time, uh, which I enjoyed watching that. I got to uh meet Troy Baker, who is a really nice guy. Um, you know, talk to him for a few minutes. Um Tom Kenny was the headliner but you know I never really got a chance to meet him but I did get to take a picture of him. Um who else was there? Um Kevin Nash and Scott and uh, Sean Waltman, I almost said Scott Hall. He's he he's no longer with us unfortunately. Um Sean Waltman X-Pac. Uh, I got to chat with both of them. Um uh, both really nice guys. Um, the only person that I really had an issue with was, uh, David Yost, who is the original Blue Power Ranger. Um, yeah, I'm not really going to get into that, but, uh, Amy Jo Johnson, the original Pink Ranger was there. line was always out the ass, but I did get to see her, at least. Jim Cummings was there, another legendary voice actor. I never actually saw him there, but I did get to, um, uh, but I did see pictures of him, um, but yeah, after a uh, little bit, I did go back and chat with Wes Johnson a little bit more, super awesome dude, I can't say enough good things about him, um, he, uh, got, he, he let me, or he, he took a picture with me in full Shayogorath regalia, uh, minus the Wabajack. I would have loved to have seen the Jack, but he's had issues On uh, traveling with props before, he also had a a staff of chirograph that got uh, broken into pieces. uh, You know, last year, so I don't blame him for not bringing that along. I would have, again, would have loved to see the Wobjack completely understand, but he didn't have to do any of that for me. You know, most people had to pay like forty or fifty bucks for signed pictures or even pictures, period. But you know he's got this deal where if somebody buys a picture, they get it signed for free. He took pictures with me for free, and he also gave me this little postcard with a picture of him and all of his characters that he signed for me. And you know I, I know I'm a part of you know I've been a part of Fallout for Hope, and he knows that I was involved with that. I was wearing the Fallout for Hope T-shirt, but. Still, he didn't have to do that for me. So I, I really appreciate it, Wes, if you're listening to this. You're an awesome guy. Um, yeah, I got to sit in on his panel. And he also, you know, he was posting pictures of this too. People who were fans that were at the panel with him wanted to show him um, some of the local restaurants. So he actually went to dinner with some of the fans. That That's the kind of guy that Wes Johnson is. Um, can't get can't say enough good things about him um, the other th- things that I have been uh, well you know I'll, I'll save this for gameplay but um, let's, let's get into some of the news that's going on of course we had uh, the Xbox and Starfield showcase so I'm going to do kind of a, a quick run through of that I'm not going to really get into the Starfield part and I will tell you why uh, toward the end of this uh, episode, so yeah, Starfield or not Starfield, but the uh, Xbox showcase started off strong with Fable. That was awesome. Um, Thirty-three Immortals was also really cool. It looks like it. You know, that was done by the people who did spirit uh Really cool to see Star Wars Outlaws. It kind of reminds me of you know. Uh, Rogue One, or something like that. Or the it, it's something that takes place in the Star Star Wars universe, but doesn't really have to do with Jedi. So, so God forbid, you know, they show something that's going on with average people. Um, let's see what it, you know. Most of these, I think, if not all, they uh, showed were a part or, or will be on Game Pass day day one. So. They showed Payday 3. They showed a lot of different uh, entries into uh, Persona. Um, Avowed, I was really excited about. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of shitting on Avowed, at least with the initial look, but I hope that with the um, extension uh, showcase that they had a few days later that they uh, kind of changed their minds. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, they had. Uh, they showed a Dune um uh, Plane expansion with that that looks cool i was really excited to see hellblade 2 um and then they showed kind of a behind the scenes with that on the showcase extension i really loved hellblade one um definitely deserves the disclaimer warning at the beginning because it does kind of put you in the mind of somebody who has psychosis you know um mental health issues One that I thought was kind of weird was Like a Dragon. Um, I'm not really sure. They didn't really explain what this game was about. But the trailer featured some naked Japanese guy who just kind of shows up on a beach. And he didn't know he was naked at first, which I thought was kind of weird. Because you would think being on a beach you'll get some wind and um, you'll definitely feel that. But, yeah, um, they just kept showing shots of him where his dick was just barely covered. It, it was weird. I don't know what that was about. Uh, Forza Motorsport, I'm not a big racing guy, but I know uh, there are several of you who probably are. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty looks awesome. Can't wait to play that, but I'll probably wait. Um because starfield in this game and you know this comes out like six days after starfield um city skylines 2 that seemed really cool um i played a little bit of the first one when i first got my xbox so um yeah that that looks like a lot of fun necrom they they did show necrom and i don't really know why uh, necrom was so heavily featured because it's already out for pc players um, those people are already playing it yeah it it comes out here in a few days as I'm recording this uh, for console people but um, yeah that <laughs> I, I guess they're just trying to really uh, drive the nail home with that just make sure people are know that it's out um but yeah we we got some uh, fallout love um, not what I was hoping for with a look at the tv show or a fallout 4 next-gen upgrade um although they did say that the next-gen upgrade for fallout 4 is coming i was i was really hoping that that would um happen sooner rather than later because if you've listened to the fallout feed which uh, i'm a, a very proud community member of the fallout feed um i've had a lot of crashing in downtown boston um there's definitely areas to avoid there because it's just nonstop crashing even with my i've, I've recently upgraded my xbox from a series from a, an xbox one s to a series s even then i'm getting some crashing and i'm getting some crafting crafting um i'm now in far harbor there and i'm still getting occasional crashing there not that bad but you know i still get crashing with 76 sometimes um, I don't know, but yeah, um, some really cool games, uh, South of Midnight looks kind of cool, that's kind of a, a voodoo, um, artistic style game, looks kind of fun, uh, Sea of Thieves is getting an expansion on July 20th, uh, Legend of Monkey Island, and as I'm recording this, this is a uh, the morning of Saturday, June 17th. Actually, it's afternoon now. I, would, I don't know why I said morning. But uh, the morning, this morning, um, the Elgato Pub had a flash uh, mob stream with Sea um, Thieves. So I immediately thought of them. So yeah um there's some other things nothing that really stood out i was kind of pissed that they announced an updated xbox series s not really well i guess maybe it is updated but um a new black xbox series s with a terabyte of storage um i like i said i just upgraded my xbox to a series s and i got the white one of course um, very limited, uh, hard drive storage for that, which is kind of an issue because the external storage that I have got, it's not really, it won't play next gen games from there. So I've got very limited space to play current gen games, you know, the, the series games on there, um, or games that have had a series update. So that kind of pissed me off, but you know, what can you do? Um... Yeah, um, that's really it as far as what I'm going to cover with this show as far as the showcase. A lot of cool stuff. Um, If you want Starfield news, like I said, I'm going to tell you where um, where my reaction and uh, KDB's reaction to the Starfield part of the showcase. I'm going to tell you where to go for that uh, here in a bit. But, um, that's the major news. Um, if you have Amazon Prime or Game Pass, there is a, uh, perk that you can pick up right now for the Dragon Slayer mount. I picked up this, uh, through Game Pass. But, uh, get that while you can. There is a new Tales of Tribute, um, uh, patron d- and deck, um, with the Necrom expansion. So... excuse me Um, that's really it as far as what I'm seeing for the news Um, yeah there is an update to Hi-Fi Rush that's coming uh, July 5th that kind of looks cool Um, if you want the uh, 76 talk definitely check out Tapes and Wastes Um, the new scoreboard uh, update happens the same day that Necrom comes out on consoles so June 20th um, so, not only is my scorcation going to be ruined, but my <laughs> little bit of an ESO break is going to be coming to an end fully, I guess. Um, yeah, my gameplay. I, I have played a little bit of ESO recently. Um, I did the uh, Necrom prequel quest for m- my Bosmer North American character. Yeah, I've mainly been playing North American um, server as i mentioned um i don't know um i'm not going to go into that tangent again but it it does still kind of rub me the wrong way that the um there's different servers on the same platform and you can't um there's no crossover with it like there's no uh, progression crossover um there's no crown store purchase crossover it I'm not really going to go into that. But, yeah, I've been going back to my original um, Xbox character with my NA Bosmer character. And, yeah, I just... I Once I started playing on the European server and got to uh, Crown Point level, <clears throat> I just... I, I don't know. I just I kept playing with that. And then when... I didn't really have a reason to play on the European server. I'd gotten so... I put so much time into it that I didn't want to abandon that. But now it's like... I mean, there's a house that I've got on the North American server that I don't have on the European server that's really cool. And... I don't know. I... I... I it... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into that anymore. But it, it does still frustrate me. I think my my point still stands on that. But um, yeah, I, I've been doing a little bit of ESO, just kind of prepping myself for Necrom. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of quests that I haven't completed with the North American server that I did with the European server. I think my combat rating... Or my my champion point rating with my European server is like 580 something, and I did reach uh, combat point status with my original with my Bosmer in the North American server. I think it's like 75 or something like that. But yeah, I just I, I haven't progressed nearly as much with my North American character. Um, other than that, played a little bit of Redfall. Um, I think I'm level 13 right now. I'm doing a lot on the second map um i think i've mentioned that there's a second map i mean if you don't know that there's a second map uh in redfall by now i don't know what to tell you um i think i'm getting fairly close to the end of the game um not quite there but i'm i'm very close um After that, I don't know. Uh, I'll probably still leave it installed in case uh, anybody wants to do any multiplayer stuff with me. And I'd also like to check out the other characters. I've been playing as Jacob this whole time. Um, Excuse me. Um, Other than that, I haven't really played a ton. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I played a lot of Fallout 4. And like I said, if you want to hear my Fallout 4 talk, uh, check out the Fallout feed. Uh, you'll hear uh, bi-weekly updates from me on that show. Um, I think I did talk about it a little bit with um, Tapes from the Waste. Also, you can check out their YouTube. I, I stream uh, i trying to stream at least twice a week. and uh, You can check out my Fallout 4 gameplay there at twitch.tv slash um, because I'm almost... I'm not, not totally keeping my play to streams, but most of it is. Um, Some of it may... I don't know. I'm I'm not going to get into that. Um, Also, I've done some stuff in Fallout 76, and I did talk about this in um, the most recent episode of Tapes from the Waste, but I'll also talk about it here. So, I've done a couple of events with uh, the Elgato Pub, I don't remember if I talked about any, either one of the, I don't, I know I didn't talk about the most recent one on the show, but I can't remember it, regardless, I'll just go ahead and, um, rehash it, so, yeah, I have, um, done some, you know, group events in Fallout 76 recently, so... With uh, Elgato Pub. So the first one was what they call the Catfight Knights, a claw brawl. So these are in game boxing matches. Um, so you got to uh, make sure your character doesn't have any uh, significant advantage, like anything that would really make it unfair. So no armor. Um, no mutations, no food that would give you a boost, um, most, most of the time, or most of, uh, the perk cards are okay, but there are certain ones that are banned, um, so yeah, you're, you're basically fighting in your underwear, um, you're, you're basically naked, and... It is the. Your character has to win seven rounds. Whoever gets to seven rounds the first, uh, the quickest, wins. So I took on Kaiju Kittens. um, And uh, she'd done some fighting before. This was my very first one. Um, And yeah, it it was a lot of fun. Uh, She did win. So, I I was at a little bit of a disadvantage. I'm not trying to make excuses uh, because I did nearly uh, win a couple of rounds. But um, I I never. I didn't expect to be doing this. Um, Shreds kind of put out the feelers, and Jess actually put out. uh, asked me personally. Jessica Starr asked me personally if I was interested because I've been to a few of these. I've watched them in person in the game a few times, but I'd never. Anticipated doing something like this, but I watched the PC fights the week before this uh, my fight took place, and um, you know Jess and I were talking about it a little bit afterward, and she's like, "Hey, there's still a couple of spots open. Are you interested?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know if I'd make it in time. Um, this is what time I'd probably be able to make it." And she's like, "Yeah, that's probably a little too late." I'm like, "Okay, you know, no big deal." But um, Shreds was Asking uh, a day or two later, and I was like, and I said the same thing. I was like, well, um, I would, but I don't know if I'd make it in time. This is what time I would be there. She's like, I'm signing you up. Uh, Let's go. I'm like, all right. So again, I I don't do a lot of things like this in the game. I I don't. I'm, I'm starting to do things with other people more, but it was it's still not super common like i'm not doing this stuff once a week once every two weeks it's once in a while and i'd scrapped a lot of the extra perk cards that don't pertain to my main build so the ones that were relevant to unarmed um most of them were, were scrapped so the ones that I were, were able to equip, I couldn't max out. So again, I was at a little bit of a disadvantage, but no excuses. Um, kaiju kittens is has become a friend of mine. I um, I met her through hanging out in uh, Justice United Wastelanders streams, and uh, yeah, we you know, props to her. Can't wait to see her fight in the fall. I think it's the fall. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it. Um, and you know with these events we all kind of hang out afterward too and um this so yeah i'm, I'm glad i did it uh, definitely going to keep attending these i know that she's uh, Shred, shreds said that this was the last uh, tournament but she's still going to do fights once in a while so definitely looking forward to getting into the, the ring again and um, one thing that was kind of embarrassing about this is uh, Jessica Havoc, who is a pro wrestler for Impact Wrestling, came in with a raid. Uh, she's part of the Fallout community as well, and she came in right before um, I got my ass handed to me. So uh, yeah, that was that was a little embarrassing, but no big deal. Um, it was a lot of fun. Again, it's like I said, I'm glad I did it. Um, the second event that I had done. With them was actually just this, uh, just a, a few days ago, or no, it was about a week ago. Um, as I'm recording this again, it's uh, June 17th. Um, every now and then, they'll do events where they'll just look around for um, trashy looking camps and nuke them. Um, usually, it's uh, somebody who is part of the group, um, so you know, they don't want to piss anybody off. But, um, yeah, I just got home, um, I was kind of out and about, and I just got home, and I saw they were streaming, so I turned it on, and I realized that they were on Xbox, so I was like, okay, great, you know, and they've they've told me, hey, um, these public events, just come and join us, you know, run around with us. So, you know, I I figured I could at least run around with them, which, you know, I will say, that that means a lot, and I'll kind of get into that here in a minute, but, um, yeah, so I, I hop on, and, you know, I, I heard Shreds say that they're still still looking for another camp to nuke. So, I was like, you know what? What the hell? So, I offered mine up, and so people start showing up at my camp, and <laughs> I, I'd forgotten that I did this, but, um, there is an Apple Bobber that came out, I can't remember, I want to say it was around Halloween, um and i I, I, (laughs) um people at the time were putting it in their hot tub um if they had a hot tub which i do um i don't really use my hot tub very much but you know I, i have one outside in my camp and people were putting it in their hot tub because if somebody is in the hot tub And there's somebody else who gets in the hot tub and activates it, and, well, it looks more than a little suggestive. So, you know, (laughs) I did did it right after I got it, and I completely forgot about it because, again, I never get in my own hot tub. Um, I don't know. But people started showing up at my camp, and they were all getting in my hot tub or jumping on my um, Nuka-Cola trampoline and just goes over and she immediately is like um eric why the hell is there an apple bobber in your hot tub and i'm like oh shit um is there i i, I legit forgot about it but you know they were all kind of laughing about it and you know we were all just kind of hanging out having a good time and i'm like okay this is kind of stupid you know i i'm sitting there talking to them the whole time through the text chat with the stream and i'm like this is stupid can i and so i'm like um Guys, can I hop in voice chat with you guys um, since I'm running around with you? And nobody really responded. They probably were just, you know, having a good time, not really focusing on the chat. So I'm like, all right, you know, that's fine. No big deal. But I asked a few minutes later, and I think Shreds, Jess, and uh, Barley were all like, Dude, why the hell are you asking? Yes, please. You know, don't you don't need to ask. Just do it. And... I mean, here, here's the thing about me, and, you know, like I said, I've talked about all this on Tapes and the Waste, but I don't know if, if uh, maybe some of you guys don't listen to that. Um, pretty much, if not you know, all, most if not all of my school career, I was kind of treated as an, outside, an outsider, and granted, it's been more than two decades um, since I've been in high school, But that sort of thing kind of sticks with you in the back of your mind where you just kind of accept the fact that you're an outsider. And I know it's not like that anymore. I'm more involved in things than ever before. But that voice that you have in your head, it's really hard sometimes, if not impossible, to turn it off. So, um, but yeah, I, (laughs) you know, I, I hopped in voice chat and we're all hanging out and, um, X01 King from the Modus Files, um, podcast, um, which I'm also a part of, um, showed up at my camp and he, I mean, he didn't know who the hell I was. He was there to see Jess because, you know, Jess also voices his, uh, character's girlfriend in the Modus Files. So, you know, (laughs) he was there to see her. But, you know, we were all kind of chatting afterward, you know, and, you know, like I said, my, my camp got nuked and there was actually some random guy that showed up trying to warn us about the incoming nuke. And, you know, we're all like we're all kind of like, yeah, yeah, dude, we know it. it it's planned. It's all good. But he was nice enough to fix most of the stuff after the bomb dropped, which I appreciated. Um, he didn't have to do that. I had pretty much everything I needed to repair everything. But yeah, it, it was a great time, um, and yeah, like I said, I um, shreds uh, Elgato Pub, fantastic community, uh, just like Jess's United Wastelanders. So, if uh, if you're interested, definitely check them out. They're both on Twitch, um, Elgato Pub and You uh, Wastelanders. Um, really great communities, very welcoming, um, treat you like family, which from what you have heard um means a hell of a lot to me so um yeah that that's pretty much all of my gameplay um a lot of fallout a lot of um not you know fallout non-fallout a little bit of elder scrolls uh definitely going to be playing necrom here in a few days so that really is it as far as the news and my gameplay let's get into today's topic um yeah it was it was originally i think i said house dress but with necrom out in some excuse me some places already and um i gonna be out very soon um for console players let's let's go ahead and get into house telvani Alright, so (laughs) I completely forgot uh, another thing that I did uh, recently, so this was this past uh, Thursday Um, Jess with United Wastelanders typically does a uh, camp showcase where she goes and uh, shows off a few other people's camps but uh, plans fell through with that so she decided to uh, kind of have her own little building stream, so the plan was to take an existing camp and destroy it and um, just kind of build uh, build each in-game uh, floor decor item and see if uh, there's enough room in the budget for every single item. Turns out there wasn't uh, spoilers, but um, yeah, I was uh, in the game and I was... <laughs> I actually deleted that uh, Apple Popper, but uh, she saw that I was on, so she joined my server and said that um, you know anybody who is in the game can come by. And um, so she showed us the camp that she was going to destroy uh, first. I wasn't actually there for that, but she wanted to build on the White Spring, so she goes over to the entrance uh, by the uh, White Spring uh train station and got a, she was getting attacked by super mutants and um i came by to help because her she's a shotgun build and her blast actually hit one of the uh assaultrons um i showed up too late but you know she um you know i, I followed her to her camp Um uh, x01 king was there again and um we were all standing outside the white spring bunker which uh If you listen to the Modus Files, that's where the new Enclave uh, has their base. So us three uh, members of the Enclave in the show, um, we're all standing outside the bunker. And I really wish that I'd gotten a picture of that because that would have been cool. Uh, Douglas Stein and uh, Sophia Daguerre all standing outside the White Spring Bunker next time um, but yeah while, while she was uh, building she asked me to go grab some uh, pumpkins because she needed uh, something or she needed some pumpkins for some of the floor decor items so I did that for her and uh, whenever a big event popped up um, she and I along with some other people would go uh, like uh, Kaiju Kittens and Ms. Max uh, other friends would go and do these events together uh, because it's been a double XP weekend and uh yeah so we were all uh getting all that sweet uh xp we did rad rumble together we did um moonshine jamboree together um a few of us also did uh most wanted together it was a lot of fun i gained like five or six levels uh due to double xp so um i wasn't able to hang out for the entire stream but again um it was nice to um play some 76 with some friends and um also, listen to Jess's uh, building tips. Anyway, uh, that is it. I just I forgot to uh, mention that before I ended the last segment. So let's get to what we're here for, um, unless that's what you're here for. But I, I encourage you to stick around for the poor segment, too. Um, we're going to talk about House Talvani. So this is uh, I figured this was uh, topical with Necrom. Uh, coming out and it kind of uh, some of the story focuses on House Telvanni so House Telvanni is also known as clan Telvanni the brown party of Telvanni or brown hats and these of course uh, this is of course uh, one of the great houses of Marland. and the uh, Telvanni district is in northeastern Marlin. So it includes Port Telvanus uh, which is the archipelago of uh, in the northeast and the eastern portion of vardenfeld district so of course there's a council seat in Sadrath mora which is home of the great house's leadership so they once controlled the Telvanni peninsula but no longer have any properties on the island, the mainland uh, as of the fourth era they value talent knowledge and in- initiative so the house is comprised primarily of wizard lords who have traditionally isolated themselves and protected the commoners in their mushroom hut villages yeah um you know how i mentioned how the house lalu and house reran kind of have their distinctive architecture well the talvani typically have the giant mushroom houses which in my mind is really cool um, so, yeah, they they have the mushroom houses. They don't really care about politics or what other people think, and they stay out of matters beyond their lands uh, because they don't want trouble with anyone. They only want to be left alone and uh, live comfortably. So the wizard lords and their mercenaries keep the people secure and ensure the health, wealth, and security of their house and their people. So if you've, if you've played Morrowind, there are some of these wizards that you have to go visit... In these giant mushroom houses. And there aren't really any stairs. So there actually is a spot that you can go that will levitate you to the next floor. Which I thought was really cool. I mean, this game came out in 2002, two, three. Actually, I think it was 2003. But yeah, happy uh, 20th birthday, Marwin, now that I think about it. Um, that was really cool to see that at the time. So, um, yeah, let, let's get into the first era here. So House Talvani was founded in ancient times, predating the War of the First Council, and of course I'm getting all this from the UESP wiki. So, in the 36 Lessons of EVEC, um, this speaks of a monster called the Pocket Cabal, hiding itself in the spell lists of the great Chimera wizards of the extreme east. So these are believed to be the people who eventually would become the Talvani. So, this is also where the Emperor Parcels would uh, grow wild near towers, uh, libraries, and slave pens. The tenuous sense fabric he wore drew out a giant bug with the, great, with the greatest eastern wizard inside it, who scolded Vivek for creating the monster, and Vivek stabbed him through his soul. Yeah... Prior to the war, thirty of the most influential and revered Khmeri clans worked together to build the fabled Library of Andul, which is a grand repository containing of the genealog- genealogical records related to the earliest Velothi settlers, and other assorted knowledge uh, and other assorted knowledge about the earliest history of the Great Houses. Six of the thirty revered families hailed from House Telvanni, the Andus, the Halirvu. Hilar- the Lerlin, uh, Rilith, Cedrian, and Telvanni clans. The location of the tombs were presumed to be lost in the aftermath of the War of the First Council along with the Library of Andul and the records contained within. Six tombs were rediscovered in Second Era 582 along with 24 other families of the Library of Andul itself which uh, yeah, I talked about in other ep- uh, episodes, earlier episodes. In ancient times House Telvanni built the Himil Heimland uh, Keep, the site of the Relic Vault, which the house was charged with protecting. The Relic Vault was used to seal away the objects of mystical um, yeah, mystical potency that were considered too dangerous to circulate the world. House Telvanni was already an active Chimer house by the time of the war. The First Council broke out in earnest and fought alongside House Doral, Dress, Redoran, and Halu against the secular House Dagoth and the Dwemer, which... You know what, I'll probably just talk about them in the next episode. Um, Early in the conflict, they and the other great houses were considered dispersed and poorly organized, suffering multiple defeats until Indoral Nervar was made horator. Nervar eventually gathered the houses and Ashlander clans to attack the fortress of Red Mountain, which led to the victory of the Battle of Red Mountain when the nascent tribunal temple moved to moved forward to recreate the first council which they renamed the Grand Grand Council of Marwan, Telvani was admitted as one of the great, uh, ruling great houses and the house would at some point adopt brown as its official identifying color at some point also uh, a Telvani wizard created a series of portals to various realms uh, this wizard went missing and was presumed dead, but his portals were later relied on and exploited by Deveneth Fir, who would go on to become one of the most powerful members of the house. Fir himself had trafficked with the Daedra before by choice, although he only interacted with Azura and Mehrunes on. <clears throat> so that is the first era. Um, I'm not. I don't know how much of the second era I should uh, get into, considering the chapter just recently came out, but I'll kind of get into it a little bit. Um, In the Second Era, a member of House Telvani created Vardvark, uh, created the Vardvark, um, which you do see all over Vardenfell. Um, These creatures spread throughout the island of Vardenfell and were wiped out by the Ash Blight centuries later. So, you do see them in ESO though, um, which is kind of cool. So, Um, And also during the year, Marwan was invaded by the Kamal of Akavir in what would become the second Akaviri invasion. Um, The invasion force was completely bypassed. uh, They they completely bypassed the Telvani Peninsula and Vardenfell, um, both of which had holdings of uh, House Telvani along the Sea of Ghosts. So this house was unaffected by that. But afterward, uh, the Other Houses signed an alliance with the Nords of Eastern Skyrim. So, of course, uh, Morrowind is part of the Ebonheart Pact. Um, Much to the chagrin of the Other Houses, Telvanni refused to join the Alliance. So, I guess, technically, if if you consider yourself part of the Telvanni House, you're not part of it. Um, Ten years later, in Second Era 582... uh, So, yeah, this was all in Second Era 572... In 2nd uh, Era 582, the Telavani um, looked at the provinces outside the Ebenhard Pact for slave labor. I've talked about this uh, yeah, elsewhere and uh, Black Marsh. So um, they employed slavers who sailed um, as far as High Rock and Hammerfell for goods. Members of the House occasionally requested that their slaves, uh, slavers acquire individuals of specific race, and gender, and age. Um, house member could be looking for a healthy young men to perform physical labor, older men as chaperones, or someone of specific knowledge to perform a specific task. Um, on Vardenfeld, the Kimona Tong uh, was employed to recapture slaves, Um, slavers employed by House Telfani also often use tactics such as extinguishing lighthouse beacons uh, to bait incoming ships into wrecking so they can use those people as slaves. Uh, I'm not happy about any of this. Uh, Even though, um, the Dunmer are one of of my favorite races. Um, definitely don't like this aspect of them. So, um, During the Three Banners War, Heimland Keep was attacked by a contingent of slavers. I'm sorry, soldiers from the Daggerfall Covenant who mistakenly believed uh, the Keep was military training for mages. Um, House Telvanni still upheld their responsibilities, which included uh, attending to the Relic Vault um, for the Three Banners War. An agent of House Telvanni was sent to steal a Covenant warship's uh, design. So, yeah, this is part of the. have an art uh thing um, yeah you, you need to steal um, uh, covenant warship designs from the shipyard at Tava's blessing in the alligator desert um, the agent was attacked by necromancers um, don't know if the agent was able to bring back these uh, currently Magister uh, uh, Thurana hope to study the finger bone of St. Films a traveler extracted relics uh, from Zainti I don't know how to pronounce that properly, uh, which is a daedric ruin of the Rhetoran t- uh, territory and on behalf of Argonian slave uh, named Sun and Shadow. Uh, the Magister agreed to endorse Sun and Shadow's bid for freedom in exchange for the relic. Uh, Mr. Strato was poisoned by a Telvanni wizard named Savark uh, who bargained with the House Walu to dispose the Magister. Haslau coveted Dorotha's territory and uh, they infected Dorotha's mushroom uh, with infectious spores but the plot was stopped by Dorotha's mouth with the assistance of a traveler so there you are again um, close to the end of the second era the Land Hungry Third Empire turns its attention to Marwen because at that point they weren't part of the empire um, so we all know how that went so let's go to the Third Era. So the city of Sadrathmora was the district, uh, district seat of the Telvanni on Vardenfell. Um, even though the Archmagister of did not live there, but resided in nearby Telrun. Uh, Sadrathmora is the home of the Council Hall, in which Tel- each Telvanni lord was represented by a lieutenant with the title of Mouth. Um, the actual lords themselves lived in their own towers and did not attend the council, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, even Master Nelloth of Tel Naga, who resided uh, nearby Sadrith Mora, did not attend the council. Um, Simtel opted out of the rat race for power within the council entirely due to their isolationism. But among those who actually cared about who the leader was, the ever procrastinating, uh, Archmaster uh, Few ever voice their opinions, which uh, how do you expect to get anything done if you don't? <laughs> In uh, Third Air Force uh, Twenty Six, House Telvanni formally ignored the repeat protest by Vendem Dren, who is the Duke of Vardenfell and the Grand Master of House Lalu, um, on the subject of ambitions and enterprise of its own uh, individual members and Telvanni exploration and colonization of the wastes and wildernesses of uh, Vardenfell. Telvanni Council refused to place restraint on both matters, citing ancient law and customs. And at the time, the Council renewed its objection in to proposals placed on uh, placed before the Duke Drin and the uh, Grand Council concerning slavery and slave trading in Vardenfell. Their arguments cited uh, the right to own and trade slavers, uh, sorry, slaves being guaranteed by the terms of the Treaty of Armistice, which would not entertain any discussion about those. Um, in uh, Third Era 427, which is, of course, the events of uh, Marwind, um, the Telvani councils lived in great towers, which I've talked about, which required levitation to his hand. That's uh, what I was referring to earlier uh 1 leader in each of the main towers and Mora, Tel Moraton, Runtelvas, Telmora, and Telbrenora. um none of the Telvani towers were on the Silstrider route so you couldn't fast travel with Silstrider to them um, only transport available to them was by boat except for Cedreth Mora itself uh being the only Telvani town with significant imperial resistance it could be reached by a uh, guild guide from the other mages uh another mages guild to a nearby Imperial-controlled Wolverine Hall. On the mainland, uh, the uh, House Telvani lands included the city of Firewatch, which is east of Telmora, and the islands to the northeast of the mainland, which extend out into the pandemic uh, Ocean. Little is known of the fates of the Telvanni Hordes of mainland Morrowind. However, of those on uh, Vardenfell, it is known that Archmagister Gothrin of Telvanni refused to recognize uh, the Nerevarine as the Hordor, because of course, as I mentioned, that's one of the signs of the Nerevarine. And he instead chose to fight to the death, which of course he lost. So the Master uh, Aran of Telvas was the Nerevarine's greatest supporter. And, um, so were some others, um, so they were all persuaded to bring back Horator. So, yeah. Uh, before or after the fall of Dagoth, archmage, uh, Trebon- Trebonius, uh, Artorius of the Mage Skill demanded that the remaining Telvani, uh, counselors be assassinated. So... Um, as the price for his retirement and replacement by the Nerevarine as the head of the Mages Guild, uh, which of course he refused to do that Um, yeah, the uh, Nerevarine appears to kind of complied so I think you both become co- uh, co co-archmage which, how does that work? Um, yeah, the third era of uh, 427 Throughout that, the Telvani clashed With Reverend and Hualu In the wildernesses of uh, Vardenfell As all three great to- great houses Attempted to secure land And resources on the frontier um, Conflicts rose over the occupation Of the Velothi towers, Such as Shishi um, And the founding settlers, uh, settlements uh, as, Such as the Rethan Manor by the House Lawin and Darris Manor uh, by Redoran. All um, you know, it, <laughs> the Telvanni attempted to kill the owners of these it, with disputed success. So, yeah, a lot of backstabbing throughout the Third Era with the great houses, which is why it was so significant that your character was able to unite them and and uh, promote your character as the Nervar as the hoarder, so, yeah, um, I guess it just makes sense. During the Oblivion Crisis, Telvani did their best to close the Oblivion gates on Fardenfell, but it was to no avail. The danger swarmed the land, and the Dunmer would instead be saved by the recently revived army of House Redoran. During the same year, a uh, Telvanni archmage, uh, Frothendorthan, turned rogue and gathered a band of mercenaries called the Dromathi, or Dromeri, or Druthmeri, sorry, uh, again, difficult words, um, in an attempt to uh, topple imperial rule. This led to an expedition to Cindercliff, uh, he did, and the Valus Mountains of Cyrodiil in search for Meirun's razor, but was slain by the hero of Kavatch. Uh, yeah, I remember that, so. Anyway, that's really it as far as the third era. Let's get to the fourth era. So, as with uh, pretty much every single other great house, as well as all of Vardenfell, um, they're uh, all but obliterated uh, during the Red Gear. Um, All the settlements on Vardenfell were obliterated. The the Telvanni did survive and attempted to rebuild but then Morrowind was invaded by the Argonians of Black Marsh, you know, because who likes being enslaved? So the Argonians for- focused on wiping out the weakened House Telvanni. And in circa era fourth, uh, circa fourth era six, easy for me to say, the last remaining stronghold of the house was sacked by the Argonian invasion force, and the great house fell. It's documented that some survivors attempted to flee aboard the Pride of Telvas, which was later found wrecked on the coast of Skyrim, east of Winterhold. By this account, a single heir of the house survived, Brandil Tel, uh, Tenvani, son of uh, Limdirin Tenvani. Uh, I don't know why it's Tenvani and not Telvani. Who um, was found as an infant by the Argonians, and he att- he grew up in Black Marsh under the name Brand Shay. Uh, Brainlyn uh, Marion uh, Marian um, is also a descendant of House Telvanni, and as of the fourth era, uh, as of the fourth era, the holdings of House Telvanni are on Vardenfell. It's unknown where or what um, what or where they are. Despite these setbacks and no longer having holdings on the coastal mainland, House Telvanni remains a ruling great house of Morrowind. In 16, the hiking of Skyrim seceded uh, control of Solstheim to Morrowind, which we know about. Um, ostensibly a sign of compassion during, you know, because the Denver people are suffering. The act served as a pragmatic political propose. Skyrim could not deny Denver refugees across Solstheim without sparking an unwanted conflict with Morrowind, which had long maintained a theoretical claim on the island. Nor could it stand by and allow the Dunmer to settle in its territory without losing face. So though the island passed the control to the control of House Rarand and was ruled by Ravenrock, um or ruled from Ravenrock by Councillor Brara, uh, Moravane and later her son Leral Noath um, had also traveled there to research the house deposits from Red Mountain, bringing much of Marwan's exotic flora and fungi okay. to the now partially ash damaged island. Because, yeah, some of the, the Red Mountain explosion did reach uh, Solstheim as well, which is why when you're traveling around there, most of the Dunmer have that gravity voice. So, yeah, um, Red Mountain erupting really sucked. Um, so during this his time here, um, uh, um, Neloth, as a you know, pronouns pal, um, he had been studying Heartstones, uh, which are a fallout originating from the center of Red Mountain, and has learned how to use the magic to weave living things from the ash. By 4th Era 201, Neloth had finished growing a settlement of. Tell Mithrin on Solstheim, though the people of Solstheim viewed him as possibly mad, he was still well respected by the other Telvanni wizards. He often took apprentices, uh, though he used them in painful experiments more often than not. And he was—he actually more often than he actually taught them. So yeah, what a what a wonderful guy. Now i planned on uh, returning to Vardenfell after finishing his research on the ash spawn which started to appear uh, on the island after the Red Year. Tel Mithrin uh, as far as we know uh, is still a, is still cordial with Redoran rulers uh, of Solstheim with the local Redoran city of Raven Rock and Tel Mithrin uh, content to ignore each other. So that's as far as uh, what we know has happened so as I mentioned the Telvani wizards uh, it's mainly wizards and things like that um, but they cultivate the largest and, ma- and majestic most majestic mushrooms of Marland which are located in the Zarfin, Zarfirbel Bay I think is how you pronounce that and these plants take a thousand years to grow and have a special ecology all of their own um, some mages called uh, Mycotrigal Maikotur- turges are so in tune with the fungi that they can grow giant mushrooms into any shape that they desire including towers and mushrooms i'm sorry towers and animals even. so some are said to have adapted dwemer style the dwemer style of the tests convention as an aesthetic element in their defenses and they approach as they approach their towers um these tests and include an analyzation of patterns needed to proceed systematically if no pattern is found by the ordering actions to be done, which is uh, which, requiring the observer to examine obstacles to see if a path around the difficulty is needed. So, yeah, I'm not going to really get into much more um, with House Delvani. I've uh, gone on quite a bit with this episode already, but, um, I'll go through the ranks of the Telvani uh, Council here. So there's... uh, Let's start at the beginning. There's Hireling, um, Lowest Rank, Retainer, Oathman, Lawman, Mouth, Spellwright, Wizard, Master, Magister, and Arch Magister. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, if you'd like more information check out the UESP wiki page uh, it talks a little bit more about their society like I said I've kind of gone on quite a bit already um and I completely forgot that I've been playing a lot of Oblivion too um, during my gameplay I, this, it's been uh, quite a while since I've done an episode so yeah I, I've played Oblivion uh, recently I have been playing it on PC um Oblivion, I had on a greatest, uh, like a game of the year disc. When, uh, before I got my series console, there were a few games that I had on a disc that um, my console no longer has, doesn't have a disk drive, uh, the one that I upgraded to, so I had to get rid of those, unfortunately. But I do have uh, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and Oblivion on PC as well. So I got a collection. Um, of mods on, uh, for Oblivion um, let me just see what these are, if you give me a second here um okay, it's called Oblivion Rebirth Plus, and a lot of these are graphics upgrades um, cause you know, Oblivion came out in 2006, so a lot of it's graphics overhauls but, um, which is, like, it's a lot, um you can it, it's crazy um, the difference that this mod collection makes and it takes forever to download because I don't have the um, subscription to vortex the, the Nexus mod site so it did take a while because I have to like authorize each mod individually to load and it took it took a long time a few hours but oh my god um, the The uplift, uh, the facelift that it gives this game is incredible. Um, One other thing that I really appreciate that it did was it gave the game controller support. Because Oblivion doesn't natively have controller support, it's uh, mouse and keyboard. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. I did the Oblivion gate um, outside of Kvatch, and... Um, I still, I I haven't gone to Cloud Roar Temple yet, or to, uh, I think I, I, no, I haven't gone to um, take Martin to see, um, why am I blanking on his name, Joffrey um, in Coral, I haven't haven't taken him back there yet, I've just kind of been running around with him, Um, but yeah, that's been a lot of fun, so uh, I completely forgot that I uh, forgot to mention that earlier. Because I did this a while ago. Um, But yeah, that's really going to be it as far as this episode goes. Um, Yeah, one thing that I kind of hinted at earlier is that um, you've probably seen this already. But I now also have another new podcast. And this one is called the Starfield Sandwich podcast. So, yeah, another new podcast. So, um, yeah, I had kind of talked about, uh, you know, how I'd also watch the Starfield, um, direct as well. And this game, it, it looks incredible. Um, I, I talk a lot about how I, um, came to really get hyped like I I, I talked about how there for a long time I avoided everything to do with Starfield because I didn't think I'd be able to play it and getting excited about something that you're not going to be able to play seems masochistic in my uh, mind but I you know decided to upgrade my Xbox and now I am all in and this uh, first episode of the podcast is out now. Um, yeah, so like I said, this episode kind of uh, documents how I went from keeping away from Starfield to becoming fully um, embracing it and getting overly, you know, super hyped for the game. And also, it breaks down... You know, Kelsey kind of shares his journey on that as well. Um, my co-host from Tapes from the Wastes. And he and I both give our individual takes on the um, Starfield Direct. So, definitely, definitely go check that out. Again, it's called the Starfield Sandwich Podcast. Um, if you've watched the... If you've paid attention to social media and... Um, watch the direct you'll you'll get that reference um we thought it was hilarious so uh check it out on Twitter also at star sand pod and there's an Instagram as well um it's a starfield sandwich so yeah definitely if you're uh, interested in starfield at all definitely check out that podcast as well so other places you can find me you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at iangold08 you can uh, check out my other shows as I mentioned there's the Starfield Sandwich podcast there's Tapes from the Waste there's also Super Nintenfo Um, haven't really been I I need to put a new episode of that out um, before too long also I kind of hit pause on that show for a little bit and um, yeah like I said you can also check out my or listen to my um, fallout for gameplay on uh, friends of the show the fallout feed uh, that podcast i'm really uh, heavily involved with that community as well and um also the modus files podcast an episode of that came out recently as well and i played a character in that so um definitely check out all the things so, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Like I said, uh, next episode I'll probably do uh, dig out there in the 6th house. So, anyway, I'm going to get out of here. So, as always, stay safe, adventurers.